Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. Today, myself, Matthew, and Ashley Coffin are here to talk to you about Book of Boba Fett, Episode 2. All that more after commercial break we have no control over. Welcome back. I'm Matthew. I'm your host. Joined as always by Ashley. And folks, just in case there was any doubt that Book of Boba Fett was going to have a very solid Western theme, <laughs> today we had cowboys on horses robbing a train and a showdown on Main Street. That's clearly going to be a big thing later. <laughs> uh, Ashley, what'd you think of this episode? I was like, wow, 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 I loved it. You know, I love action. So I, I was like very, very mm-hmm. pleased by this. And it also kind of reminded me of well, episode, is it two or three of Firefly? Mm-hmm. It's you have just, a train job. Yeah, it's everything that I loved. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. I'm definitely enjoying the way the the stories are playing out. There's a couple dynamics I'm not wild about, but uh, we we can definitely get to those. Uh, so, what are the things you you love most about it? I'm really enjoying his backstory mm-hmm. with the Tuscan Raiders. I yep. love that. Uh, you know, he officially got you know accepted as one of them. I mm-hmm. thought all that was great. I thought he deserved it. Uh, I don't know. I love getting to learn like what. I guess this whole season is just going to be about what happened to Boba Fett. And I kind of didn't know. I thought we were just moving forward from where we left him in Mando. Right. So it is really cool that we're uh, we're getting his whole backstory, his middle backstory. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we made a joke last time with Paul about the Arrow TV show. I think we're really doing that with the where the idea is that, you know, half the episode literally is going to be flashbacks of sort of what made him who he is today. And then half of it's going to be what's happening going forward. And what do you think of this? Like last time it went back and forth. Today it felt like it was just two parts. There was the part in the modern day and then the part in the in the back in the old days. How did you feel about this compared to last time? I actually preferred it. I, yeah. I liked just being in each story instead of getting like invested and then pulled away, invested and then pulled away. Um, so I thought I thought that was a good change. Yeah, I think so. Especially because this time the two stories felt like it's interesting seeing both of them, but they weren't exactly connected, you know, and I, I, I make the joke about Arrow, but it's, it's I think, the, the thing I'll go to the most in terms of this kind of storytelling. There are definitely episodes where it felt like the connections they were trying to draw between what was happening in the past and what was happening in the modern day were very shaky and didn't make any sense. So I kind of like that. I, I imagine that in future episodes when there is a real connection to make, they'll make it. But otherwise, it's <laughs> just going to be like half and half. And, and I'm OK with that. Me too. I really liked seeing like how he got his his new staff. The gaffy stick. And like yeah. he he judged it up a bit and put his own little personal touch on it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. And like Boba, baby, love the new outfit. Like <laughs> I was really enjoying I really liked it. Yeah. And I love that one Tuscan so much. Mm-hmm. Um I can't tell like they almost have like a woman's stance. I would love if if under all that that was a woman, but I'm not sure. Like a female Tuscan. Because that one is just badass. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that I'm really interested in because in the Kenobi book, which again is not canon, but is sort of clearly deeply informing a lot of where we're going, although it's not the only one, they do play with that idea is that under all the raps, like you don't always know the gender of a person. Uh, and that, that mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the details of it, but I remember being very impressed by like, they have a very different kind of idea of gender within the Tuscan people. And so, yeah, I think that could definitely be a cool thing to go for. It, it's also, I think, very impressive that like until the end of this, ep- like there is some Tuscan speaking 
in a language that now Boba Fett can understand by the end of the episode. But for most of it, they're not speaking in Eng- they're not speaking a language that any of us know. And yet we're still getting real differentiation among them. We're, we're, we're seeing really different personalities among who they are. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Do So I have some questions. Do we ever find out what's going on under there? Like, do we know what those people look like? Like what that race looks like? Has it ever been like described? Um, as far as I know, it has never been described in canon. That COVID yeah, apologies for anybody who thinks my voice sounds a little weird. Uh, I do have COVID at the moment. I'm taking very good care of myself, but um. Uh, sitting in bed all day uh, is not the most exciting thing. So getting to watch the show and talk about it is pretty fun. Um, but we're going to keep this episode pretty <laughs> short because my throat is <clears throat> not yeah. the best. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's a real mystery. And I think um, like one thing I know is that, again, in the books that are non-canon, the, the, it, cause it looks kind of crazy that they wear that much material while they are in the desert. But that what they're wearing mm-hmm. is kind of similar to the silt suits that they wear in Dune. You know, it, uh, how many Dune references were made in this? They were legit even looking for spice. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> spi- spice is a thing that's been part of the Star Wars universe for quite some time. But yes, Dune it, came first. Well, yes, yes. <clears throat> I'm just saying the Mandalorian, it, not Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett doing it is not new. But yeah, it, I, I think Dune. It, it's kind of like. Every fantasy show, you can say, like, how many Lord of the Rings references is it making? Like, yeah. it, like Lord of the Rings just kind of set set the bar for all fantasy of the kind of European, like, Western European swords and sorcerers, etc. I think Dune is like, if you're doing sci-fi on a, spa- on a desert planet, you're doing Dune. You know? It's- yeah, they said it, like, five times. I was like, keep saying Dune. Yeah, yeah. we know. We know, George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> No, exactly. So yeah, spice is uh, a, a a drug. It's basically like the cocaine slash heroin of this universe. Uh, it doesn't allow for space travel. It just you know um, does crazy. It only has the the hallucinogen part. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Although it's been then used like in so many different parts of the legends novels. At least there's always some new like spice variant that can do the exact thing the plot wants it to in that setting. Like it's a very okay. variable kind of drug. Um, yeah, like he was not ready for that. Like you, you got to tell someone before you give them a, a hardcore hallucinogen. Right? Well, and I think I did. He get the hallucinogen as well, or is it just that the lizard crawled up his nose and then? No, right before he did that, they spiced him in the face. They were like, Poof. "Oh, okay." And then the lizard jumped out and went up his nose. Oh, okay. And then he started to see the waves. He was like, oh, man, is that an Indian in Jim Morrison? I, <laughs> he was I thought it time. was something about the lizard <laughs> itself. And like the, the, the thing blown into his face was like to encourage the lizard <clears> to go <throat> into him. But no, you're right. It, if that was also spice, that would totally do it. Um, yeah. So let's kind of uh, since we're on that already, let's just start with his story with with that part of the story with the, you know, back in the day. One thing I liked is that you show him like slowly starting to communicate with them more. And I, I don't know. Was that? Was that American Sign Language he was using? Because he was clearly making like hand gestures. I didn't think it was, but... I don't think so, because he didn't use his fingers mm-hmm. in any way. It was just like up, down, and across. Right. Um, and they and I was actually watching it, but they kept doing the same thing over again. So I'm like, I'm not sure how you guys are seeing the difference yeah. here, but whatever works. I, I was wondering <laughs> how they were going to get to a point where they could communicate with each other. Um, since they didn't have like an interpreter droid or anything like that. And I guess that the idea is just that right. as they spend more time with each other, they come to understand. So if it's like a totally made up gesture language that they're using, that would make some sense. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I hope we it, like explore that a little yeah, bit definitely. more. Because it would be easier for him to pick up hand gestures, but why would they be doing that to each other? Right. And how did know. how does he start to pick up on that? Because towards the end, we're getting a translation of what they're saying. And it's not just like me go there. It's fairly like philosophical concepts that they're explaining. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> for a second, I thought that the the lizard was going to be like help him understand. It would, their it would be the babble fish. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. oh, so going back to what I was saying, though, because you were asking about the, the what they are and like, so I know that the stuff that he like what he was being wrapped in, I was saying is kind of like the silt suit on Dune in that it's meant to preserve water. Um, and so the idea is that like it, it, it's kind of wicking material that it like every time you sweat, like all the water is preserved, which is why the scene at the end where they open up the train and just all this water comes spilling out. I, like imagine that happening on Dune, like the Fremen would be like yeah. going nuts because like you can't no. waste this much water. And so like and get I don't expect them to be canonical to books that are not canon anymore. But if the whole idea is that this is a desert people who are, you know, have built their entire culture around preserving water at all costs, that did I, I get what they were going for, but I felt like they wouldn't be celebrating in the water. They'd be like, no, 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 stop that, stop that right now. It's very true. It uh I guess they were like, well, when you got a million little pods of water around, it's mm-hmm. not as important. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I would have figured out a way to like bring that part of the ship back to wherever I was right? going yeah, or the exactly. train. <laughs> Because they sure caught up with that train pretty quickly. Yeah. So what? So so, you know, we, what do you think of the story that we got of like the Tuscans are just kind of hanging out doing their thing? Like we're always told the Tuscans are raiders, but here it seems like the Tuscans are just hanging out doing their thing, and then the train goes through, and the train's the one that starts shooting at them, um, and so they only want to kind of go fight the train because the the train is attacking them. Um, mm-hmm. What would you feel about how how that kind of story got told? Well, I do like that we're seeing like the whole different side mm-hmm. of Tuscan Raiders, if I can even call them Raiders anymore. Yeah. Or was that a name given to them? Uh, <laughs> the Tuscans. Uh, it, it, I love what they did with it. Yeah. Uh, and I like that, you know, him showing that he actually cares about them is what gets him initiated with them. Like, I thought the whole thing was very... Um, the buildup was pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I definitely liked it. I certainly, I think... There were so many things in it that I felt were very intentional. Like, not only is this a sort of like Western kind of reference, but this is a like the expansion into the land of the natives, uh, Native Americans reference, you know, and uh, like because <clears throat> that was one thing that definitely happened was as the railroads were pushing further and further, like they would go into the territory and start just shooting people from from the trains and especially shooting the buffalo. And like the fact that the the Banthos right. look an awful lot like buffalo, like that did not seem at all coincidental to me in this. Like, I was like, if one more Bantha gets killed <laughs> i'm almost glad paul's not here uh-huh. yeah <laughs> there's a lot of sad parts of the banthas those poor banthas it's very true it's very true but i i, I like that they're setting up that metaphor but then i think mm-hmm. i'm i'm i really want to see where it goes because like you know dances with wolves is and and, and last samurai and movies like that are now kind of generally regarded as like deeply problematic for this idea of like the white man goes out among the natives and like out natives the natives and teaches them how to do everything great and like um you know boba fett and the actor who plays him are not white but he's human and so i think that kind of like mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's not like the great white savior it's the great human savior among the tuscans so i i didn't 
I really liked the way it was going and the way that he was kind of like all the stuff about like now you have to pay taxes to go across their land. Like you don't just have free reign. Having him be the like kind of taking over and be the spokesman for it, I didn't love. So I, I'm just hoping we get more of that going forward because because it felt a little like, eh, why are you the one who just suddenly shows up and now you 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 can decide everything for them? I see it in a different uh-huh. way. Um, I feel like he was the only one who could communicate with those people, which is why they had right. him talk. I feel like he equally learned from them as much as he mm-hmm. gave. It was give and take. And I feel like with that last Tuscan coming, he wouldn't have, you know, stopped that train if that Tuscan fighter, you know, the skirted right. one didn't show up there. So I just feel like everything was equal. And I only think he was the spokesperson because he's the only one who could actually yeah. talk to them. I, I think you're right. I, I just wish I'd had like 30 seconds of them kind of like them asking him to speak for them. You know, so, something kind of makes that a little clear that this is not him, just his initiative. Um, but I think it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how that goes, goes out going forward. Um, so what do you think of the actual train job, the action scenes we got there? They were great. They're doing such a good job. All the CGI is great. Like even those little like dog things that they have. And everything looks mm-hmm. so real. Um, I really like the drone, <laughs> the spidery mm-hmm. drone. Yeah, the one that just at the first sign of danger is just like, nope, out the window. I'm gone. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought that train was going pretty fast. So the only thing I was like, uh, how did all of them... I turned to my husband and I was like, well, they're going to have a really hard time getting back. They blew up all the, oh, never mind. There's two speeders left and everybody's already there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of it didn't quite, I didn't quite know how there was a, a little bar that was close enough that he could literally walk there um, and then, you know, beat everybody up, steal those speeders. Uh, apparently the two humans in the bar, that's a reference to something from one of the earlier books. Uh, I don't know the exact details, oh. but if anyone was like, why, why are these two humans getting bullied? And then. Boba's coming in and kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. I did love that he beat up the sons of Tatooine, you yes, know, biker band. Very like much gang. so. Very much so. <laughs> they even had cuts. <laughs> I didn't even realize that, but that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> My understanding of the laws of momentum is that tying a bunch of motorcycles to the back of one motorcycle <coughs> actually won't work very well, but... No. Yeah, that's how I felt like... It's the kind of thing where I think when I watch it again, there'll be a lot of little nitpicks that I can be like, eh, it doesn't make sense. But who cared? It was a really fun action scene. Yeah. I liked the whole idea that you got this sort of like rocket boost that you can turn on every now and then when you need to go a little forward. And they had to like use that as a weapon kind of. And that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I liked him just training them how to do it. Right. I was like, that was me. I would immediately go backwards. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was definitely pretty fun and then again it felt very much like the horse riding kind of aspects too you yeah. know they basically turned those things into horses um especially mm-hmm. the whole like jumping from the back of one horse to another is very much a thing that was you hilarious that happened many times <laughs> he just now kept... th- this is not uh from the legends this is from the canon and the clone wars and the rebels did you recognize the people who were on that train the kind of fish people no so that's a group called the pikes um, and the Pikes are, we mostly get, we mostly get uh, introduced to them in Clone Wars, someone also in uh, Rebels. I are you think... talking about the animated show? Yeah, the two animated oh, shows, okay. which I know I haven't seen. Uh, well, when you I... were saying Clone Wars, I thought you meant, oh no, that's Attack of the Clones. Yeah, you thinking... have the movies, yeah. I saw some fish people in that one, but I don't recognize <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is the first time the Pikes have been live action. Um, I'm not positive on that, but I think so. But anyway, they I think it's very significant because they are another major criminal syndicate. Mm. So like 
by the time, like, in term, when we spend more time among all these different, like, criminal gangs, there's, you know, th- there's a couple of different ones. There's the Huts. There's the one that Darth Maul takes over. Uh, and, and then there's the Pike Syndicate. And, uh, and they actually were somewhat significant because they were to some extent involved with um, the capture and then killing of sifo who had been the person who eventually started the Jedi who first placed the order for the clones way okay. back in. It, it gets very convoluted very fast. But for these purposes, I think all we need to know is like they're a criminal empire that's they're kind of halfway, but like they're a planet, but also with and a race, but also we mostly know them as this criminal gang that often comes into conflict with the Huts and with uh, Black Sun, I think is the, the name of the other one. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, that's correct. With Black Sun is the other one of the other major criminal gangs. That's the one that uh, Darth Maul becomes ahead of. So, yeah, it was just kind of fun. I thought to see them and and like I get for you having them show up. Like it, it didn't take you out of it to not know that backstory to them, right? It was just like, hey, here's no, these, yeah, not at all. Yeah, it, I, I, you are like, why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. And where are they like? coming from where's their base other than that i was just like ah, right. we're aliens <laughs> yeah exactly I, I think we it's kind of funny we just did the episode on the witcher where we talked about like when it doesn't work out you know we're sometimes in the witcher they're kind of introducing you to concepts that you kind of have need to have read the book to understand what's going on or play the video games to some extent and right. here i like that like those of us who know who the pikes are can be like oh cool that's what's going on but if you didn't you still get enough to to follow the story yeah yes because I, I felt like, I feel like because I've been doing this podcast, mm-hmm. I do know a lot more than I thought I knew. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just it, it's fun. It's fun to watch it. And like, I'm kind of explaining it to Ken because Ken was a little disappointed by the first episode. He's like, oh, I thought he was supposed to be a badass. I was like, dude, it's a slow burn. It's Robert Rodriguez. Would you yeah. chill? Yeah. Like, if you think that it's not about to get crazy, just just buckle up, baby. Yeah, that makes sense. And I like this episode went really fast because there was a lot of action. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And especially because like the the action was all in this backstory. The first half half of the story, there was almost no action. And I thought it also went really well. Um, right. Is there anything more you want to talk about with the, the prequel? Or should we not get to the modern Let's day? Let's jump to the beginning. Yeah. So first of all, on the topic of Robert Rodriguez, did you recognize his voice? Was he the uh, the mayor? Yeah, he's the voice of the mayor. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, who's the... Um, the He's, uh, the mayor is of the race that used to be called the Hammerheads. We're now not supposed to call them that. Uh, they actually say at one point that that's kind of like an offensive name. Uh, it's the Ick. What the hell is the name? Ithorians. Uh, Ithorians. Yeah. Um, Hammerheads. Yeah. I'm not going to remember that. Exactly. Ithorians. <laughs> um, yeah. So what would you think of uh, the, the, the modern day part of this, the episode? Um, I love that they used the empty, empty uh, rancor trap to like get that guy to sing like a canary. Uh-huh. He really didn't wait to see if it was in there or not. So I thought that was great, starting with the assassins. Um, and he sang like a canary that it was the mayor, which we already kind of assumed. Mm-hmm. So, but was the mayor saying he didn't do it? Yeah, so that's my question, is I'm now wondering, like, because I, I think what the mayor was saying was, I didn't do this. This is the, well, let me rephrase. I feel like you could take the mayor saying two things. One is, yeah, I tried to kill you. But trust me, I'm not your main concern. Or he was right. saying, I didn't try to kill you, and don't look at me. The family is the problem you have to deal with, and that's the huts coming back. And so if it's the second one, I don't know then if it's that the the assassin lied. 
which you know sometimes they they're like okay if I have to talk I'm, I have a lie prepared, or yeah. if it was that the assassin thought the mayor had hired them but actually it's the huts, so I mm, I think I think we're not point. supposed to know yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. And then, so what's what are those Jabba the the Hun's brother and sister, or is that uh, like Jabba Junior and Jabina, like his kids? They, they said cousins. Cousins. Okay. And yeah. And this again is mostly from the animated stuff, but they've established that these are sort of um, the huts are kind. The perception in the media of Sicilians as always being gangsters is obviously very not true. Right. But. There's kind of the idea that, like, in this world or in this universe, huts are kind of the mythological idea of Sicilians. Like, okay. that they're, they're a race and they live on this planet called Null Hutta, but, but there's a whole bunch of then crime families that are each run by, like, so the different hut families all have conflict with each other. And these two, I guess, are cousins of Jabba. And so they're part, they, they like, are the ones who want to take over now. Okay, that makes sense. But how does it? It's been a while since uh, Jabba was killed. Not that long, because this is all set like I think four or five years after Return of the Jedi, right? Oh yeah, because this is still the man. Yes. This is all way before the sequel era. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Oh, it's confusing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we have so many different time timelines and stuff like that, and I, I kind of wish that there was like different technology or something like that at least to help differentiate between. Um, you know, at least we have like different X-Wings and different TIE fighters and stuff, but down on the ground, we don't have any of that. Um, I have to say that was the most badass Wookiee I have ever seen in my entire life. Yes. That Wookiee was awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm, I'm super excited for that. Again, apparently um, in the Legends canon, that Wookiee does show up um, as someone who like works, I think, with both Boba Fett and Darth Vader. I'm not really sure Ooh. the details. Clearly, though, we're going to get some kind of conflict between that Wookiee and Boba Fett, and I'm 100% here for it. Oh, I hope I hope the Wookiee jumps sides. <laughs> That'd be cool. Or just get a badass fight with it, you know? Yeah, that's true. I, I just, I want Elvira the blowout Wookiee to stay. Okay. <laughs> he just had that <laughs> sick poof. He was great. He had definitely been a dry cleaner some. Like, there was a certain, blo- the, the, all the fur was blown out. It was great. Yeah, he looked fabulous. <laughs> so here's the question that I'm trying to figure out. Like, if the whole point is you're kind of a crime family, if you're like the, the person who's now in charge of everything, generally what that means is like you have a criminal empire. You have all these people who report to you. You have contacts and spies and assassins and you control the police or the businesses or all that. All Boba has done is walk into a building and kill the guy who was in charge of the building. I'm having trouble understanding, like, what is it that Boba and Fennec Shand have done that puts them in charge? Is it just that they've come in and said, we're in charge and no one's challenged them yet? I guess so, because they killed the last. Is it like you have to kill the last and then you become the new hunt? I guess. Like, yeah, they killed Bib Fortuna, um, who was, I guess, just kind of a character. I guess the whole point was the, the Huts just didn't really care until someone else came along and now they're kind of back. Yeah, which it may, it, which to me is weird. Like, why wouldn't you come try to take Bib Fortuna out of you know power? Right. I'm guessing the idea is that Bib Fortuna was was sending them a, a big kickback. You know that he was still kind of like since he'd worked for Jabba, uh, he was probably okay. still happy to be kind of like a minion of the Huts. Um, now we haven't he- seen the Huts on screen since the 80s with with Return of the Jedi, and like the effects that were pretty damn good in the 80s. 
today are a little eyebrow worthy. Um, what do you think of the the hut showing up on screen in this? I'm always gonna go for a puppeteered moment over a CGI mm-hmm. moment. Um, I even I don't know. I just think it looks more real. Yeah. They looked not. They looked you know what I expected them to look like. They had a little like flourishes, like lip rings or whatever, or like makeup. I don't know. They were. I I I just feel like. Um, I'm interested to see the behind the scenes of this to see how much of that was puppet or if it was all CGI. Yeah. Cause if some of it was puppet, it looked really good. It's just the mouth and eyes when you do CGI, it just doesn't look Yeah, the same. something looked like I really liked the voices, especially because in the Clone Wars, they often had them speaking English and not like speaking Huttese. And like one of the main ones was uh, I think his name was Zero the Hut, Z I R O. And he spoke in this like well, I just want to be in charge of everything. Like, it was just <laughs> horrendously not what a hut should sound like. So I feel like at least there was that sort of, like, intimidation in the voice and the ma- the manner. But, yeah, something something about looking at them did not quite feel right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you got mm-hmm. that, too. I also don't quite get, like, they kept talking about a litter, you know, to be, like, to be carried, like, you know, and and then they showed up with an actual one where like a whole bunch of slaves are carrying it, but like wasn't enough. Well, well, yeah, I don't know how they picked. Well, that, that up. was my question. Is like <laughs> we know that the techno- like hovercraft technology exists in this world very widely. Is it just one hundred percent a flex to be like I don't need that? I have these people carrying me. Like, oh yeah, that's why Fennec was like, you should be being carried around. Right. He's like, I don't do that. I walk. Boba says. Mm-hmm. But not them. And I don't I don't get how 12, it looked like maybe 12 of their people were carrying them around. I was like, uh, no, yeah. I don't care how much you're shaking or to make it look like you're straining. There's no way. That's like two, uh, I don't even know, two pickup trucks uh, or two ele- like elephants. I don't know how much yeah, that weighs. But it's not enough for 12 people to walk around. Yeah, that, I, that was like, is that really like, is there like some hover lifts there, but they just have the people again for the flex? Like, I'm not quite sure. But, um, yeah, with her little fan, which was ridiculously <laughs> tiny. Like, if you're going to have a fan, you need a flap, right? flap, you know, hello, uglies, like big fan. Yeah, Jabba, Not this Jabba <laughs> had like a huge one that someone was like holding and fanning him with. But maybe they're too weak. Could be. Could be. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. I'm liking the the dynamics. I I kind of want to get more of the, like, why does Boba Fett have this power now? You know, is it just because he killed the person? Is there some other thing that he... Because if it's... he's Him and Fennec are going to be completely outnumbered now. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. where that's all going to play out. They got the Gamorreans. They do. They do. And the Gamorreans are not as ridiculous. <laughs> but it doesn't seem like they have anybody else, yeah. huh? I want... Oh, my God. I wonder if they're going to get the Raiders or the Tuscans. I wonder if that's what that's leading up to. Is there, he's going to go find them or something horrible has happened to them. It's one right. or the other. Yeah, I think both of those are distinct possibilities. Because, yeah, I don't I don't think we saw the Tuscans in um, in, the, in the prequels. I think that I think maybe like there's a Tuscan hanging around at Jabba's palace somewhere or like one. Or, I think there are some Tuscans who are part of the like crew of Jabba's sail barges. But we don't really see them at all in Return of the Jedi. So it's not like we saw anything terrible happen to them. Um so right. who knows? Mm. Um, we want to say, yeah. I the only other thing that I so I loved this first part. The only thing that I again made me a little like, yeah, I would like more of this. I felt like Fennec Shand was completely unused in in this this episode. Yeah, in this one, <sighs> in this one a bit. But I guess they'll probably they have to give us this backstory right. for sure. 
And nothing really happened in the beginning. Like they had a couple things. She was obviously dominating the entire yeah. beginning, like pushing the guy down the thing. Oh, she's mm-hmm. so smart. Um, but yeah, and I, I told today I told my husband, I was like, you know, she's 58. He's like, I don't believe that. I was like, yes, that queen is 58 and she is just still tearing mm-hmm. things up. Like I, I love her. Late 40s. Ming. No, she is 58. Michelle Yeoh is 59. Like these ladies are crushing mm-hmm. it. Don't tell me that, they, you know, yoga and all that kind of stuff doesn't keep you young. <laughs> that or they're like bathing in a bot- you know, batch of Illuminati mm-hmm. lotion. I don't know, but they look yeah, great. Yeah, she was born in 1963. <laughs> so 73, 83, 93, 2003. Th- yeah, that's, that's that. Almost 60. Yeah, almost 60. Not a wrinkle. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me your secret, girl. (laughs) I'm guessing it involves an awful amount of money. (laughs) Yeah. She looks great, though. Yeah, good. I just, I love doing, you know. I think Paul commented that we have, we have, our our two main stars are both, you know, well over 50. So it's kind of awesome to see. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was, he was great in this, like finally getting to see like him Mm -hmm. unleash, like learn and then beat those guys up, like. Ugh. I was like, there you are. There you are. Yeah, it was Ooh. nice to see like him learning this new kind of weapon and him getting to do both like the phys- the intimidation aspect, but also just the physical prowess and and the planning. You know, it's mm-hmm. nice to see that he's not just like muscle, but he actually has a lot of brains and and, and like him coming up with a whole plan of how to stop that train. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the last thing I have to say is I would really enjoy going to a Tuscan bonfire. Yeah. They seem That's very like a good fun. Time. I'd like, especially if there aren't random trains driving by with people shooting at me. But, you know, as long as we can avoid that, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's a good place to wrap up. Um, Ashley, where can people find you? Other stuff you're doing these days. Uh, we just finished our coverage of The Witcher. So that'll be on Superhero Ethics or Pandavision or and Pandavision. <laughs> It'll be on Superhero Ethics and will probably also be dropped on Pandavision uh, when my brain is not so muddled and I can figure out how to do that. <laughs> and uh the mcu cast yeah awesome we'll definitely check all that out uh as ashley mentioned i also do the superhero ethics podcast we're doing coverage of the witcher uh we just dropped an episode uh on the, the movie Encanto, where we talked a lot about sort of mental health stuff and actually i've got a bunch of therapists going off on how it was just a fantastic episode which i was really proud of uh a friend of mine who's a therapist was a part of that and we really got to go deep on how that movie is just kind of the you know you you don't need to give two hours of your backstory to a therapist. Just tell them what your favorite song from that movie is and all will be explained. Um, It's a really good movie. It's very touching. It's very, very intense, but very good. And we had a great time recording on that. So check out Superhero Ethics. I'm also doing the Marvel Movie Minute on Thor. Ashley was a guest. Paul Hoppy is soon going to be a guest. Uh, Jeff and Matt have been guests. Paul's going to be a guest. Will Freeland's going to be a guest. Great things happening. Marvel Movie Minute, Superhero Ethics. Of course, this, the Star Wars Universe podcast. Let us know what you think. You can find all our contact information at theethicalpanda.com. Email us, tweet at us, send us your thoughts, and most importantly, have a great day. Bye. Bye.